What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, August 25th. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat's feeling a little bit under the weather today, so AJ Hawk steers the ship. Brady Quinn joins the show. General Bob Carpenter and another special guest. It's a good one. Let's get into it. I am AJ Hawk sitting in for Pat. So Pat woke up this morning, wasn't feeling great, I guess. He is scheduled to get a, uh, a COVID test later today at some point, so... He may call in today, though, depending on how he feels. We talked to him on FaceTime. I'm sure the boys did as well. Seems to be in uh, good spirits, as always. Seems oh, to be yeah. doing okay. Now, boys, I want to check on you. I know you guys got tested as well. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, yeah. Uh, test that Bill went and got at Walgreens, yep. CVS. They all, we all took them, all came back negative, so feeling pretty good. Good. You guys look good, too. I figured it. I figured you're all going to come back uh, clean. When did you guys get the news that Pat wasn't going to make it today? Uh, what, like 9.30-ish? Yeah, so, around the time we got in the office. Uh, yeah, and he, you know, just said he he wasn't feeling great. So, obviously, you know, we panicked because we didn't know what you were doing and, uh-huh. and, and whatnot. But, yeah. <laughs> and I we mean, can't host for three hours. Yeah, exactly. No, no one wants to hear us talk for three hours straight. Uh, but, no, yeah, so we, we went shortly after that and got the COVID tests. We all took them, and luckily, they uh, they all came back negative. Well, good for you guys. Congrats, congrats on passing uh, that test today, but I don't know if you guys know this. We have a pretty big show coming up today, and, and I said Pat is going to most likely call in, maybe even sporadically throughout the show. I think Ooh. depending on how his health is, probably depending on how pissed off he is and the job that I'm doing here, <laughs> trying to sit in for him today. His anger levels, I'm sure, does not help him if he's watching. And he's upset at something. <laughs> you don't get his heart rate elevated when he's not feeling great. So I'll try to do my best, Pat, if you're watching uh, from home. But at 12:30, guys, Connor. Who do we have coming on right at 1230? Oh, 1230 is the man, the myth, the legend, the son of Chops, Brady Quinn. I am pumped to talk to Brady. Yes. Yes, Brady Quinn, my brother-in-law, will be joining us at 1230. He's been doing, uh, he does radio all over. He has the, the Fox Big Noon kickoff. Oh, I yeah. believe that's the proper term. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yep, you got it. The one that Urban okay. left. Oh, Urban is not there. Yeah, hey, he worked with Urban for a few years, so he can give his insight on what he thinks the Jags are doing in their situation and how Urban and he knows Schlegel as well, the head strength coach. So a lot of insight and a lot of, you know, obviously a ton of college football knowledge, but he does NFL games as well as a, as a color commentator. And then at 2.05, the general is back. Yeah! Love that picture. I saw Bobby today at school drop off his uh, – our kindergartners are in the same class together. Bobby uh-huh. dressed in full Ohio State coaching gear. <laughs> bright red pullover, bright red shorts. Uh, he's just the man looking gigantic outside of our kids' uh, school. So Bobby will join us at 205, give his thoughts on everything happening around the NFL. But I, I, we got to cut to something because I got a text from Foxy, I believe, and Pat a little bit ago. Is Mac Jones down there at uh, <laughs> practice against the Giants ones, just dominating everybody? Yeah, he's absolutely dealing right now, AJ. I saw he was like, I think, 23 or 25 on the – yeah, here it is, 21 or 23 on the day. Uh, I think he was 13 of 15 uh, in 11 on 11. So he is dealing. This is bad, bad news for Cam Newton. There are some rumors circling that the possibility of Cam getting cut – could happen in the next week, yeah. Cut? Save money and also because of the fact that, you know, Cam, as good of a mentor as he is, is in the fact that, like, he shows you how to go about your business. Brian Hoyer is much more uh, sim- similar to Mac Jones. Um, so that is in the air. I don't believe it. I think he'll be there no matter what. You need a backup quarterback just 
just in case. Uh, but yeah, Mac Jones, absolutely dealing. No surprise. I mean, I wore the shirt today when I woke up. I said, oh, joint practice is the Giants. The Giants, they kind of stink. So Mac Jones will probably have his way with them. And that is what's happening. Also, there was a fight. We had a nice little yep. O-line, D-line battle in the trenches. Everyone had to run laps. You got to love a little Joe Judge, Bill Belichick, coach joint practice, AJ. Yeah, you do. And they fought. And it was D-line, O-line, and one-on-one pass rush that they're working on. But I, my question is, how do all these fights happen, and we seem to have no footage of them? Do, are they confiscating people's phones? Like, is there footage of this one at least? I, I think because I saw it from Steelers training camp up on the jumbotron during training camp. They asked the people who were there not to um, yeah. show videos of practice. So I think there might be more of a crackdown this year on videos getting out from practice. That's my that would be my only guess. Yeah, I thought they changed the rules that there were certain periods where you weren't allowed to film anything, and then there were other times were like if they're going on air or something like that you could film but i know that they definitely changed the rules i was i was also told bears media cannot post anything or they'll be kicked out yeah so they won't be able to show back up well that's kind of how it it works especially during the regular season like the media will come to practice they can film like usually walk through stretch and then once you start practice even maybe a little bit of individual and then they they kick them out of practice but for training camp, when it's open to the public, that's what I'm wondering. How are none of these fans getting these fights on camera? And if they are, are you tell me they're shutting all of them down? Well, I think at this point of – and I once again, I'm going to use the Steelers because I follow all their beat reporters and stuff like that. They have moved – they were doing their training camp at Heinz. Uh, they moved back to UPMC where they do – to that facility where they do it, practice all year long. And technically, training camp is over. They deem training camp to be over. So I don't even know if there's, if there's fans left at most of these training camps. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, AJ, I think the, the Packers just had their last like public practice uh, maybe last week, like Thursday or before the game or whatever. So I think at this point, technically – practices i don't know if it's every team but they might not be open to the public yeah they're probably not i'm sure i i guess we've seen we've seen like still shots of ab connecting mm-hmm. uh who were the couple guys that were fighting as well we've seen still shots so i guess just no video and you're okay i guess right uh i mean apparently yeah well and all, a lot of the, the still shots that we see outside of those uh you know like fights it, it's just yeah it's like you know like a, a nice like one-handed catch that the social media is putting out it's not really anything you know too flashy or or, or anything crazy aj i did, i was up? caught off guard with the the cut thing yeah. do you think like is cam can cam be a backup or would they be better off just going with Hoyer as the backup, who's been a backup for a long, long time, knows how to get the starter prepared. Like, do you think there's a chance that if Cam, because of maybe this COVID, because Mac Jones is preparing so well and doing so well in practice, that there's a chance that Cam gets cut? I I didn't think cutting him was was a real possibility right now. What's his salary this year? Uh, It's like three and a half million. It's it's nothing serious. That's very cheap for even a backup quarterback, I think, if they want him. So if they feel like he can play and give him a chance and he's going to be all right, if that was his role then they have to make that decision. I'm sure Belichick already knows like if that would work or not. But, man, I don't know. like What's going to happen? Like, if Cam – I don't know. I don't think that can happen right now. I'm sure they let him get back in there and see how he yeah. does. But what do you uh, – you need a good backup too, though. That's the thing. If you want to start mm-hmm. Mac Jones, you still want a, 
a guy that you feel like can help win you games if he does go down or something something happens. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, because, of, like, to your point, if some guy goes down, like, injuries happen so often. You hate that they do, and you <laughs> hope that the last person it happens to is the quarterback. But if that were to happen and then, you know, week three, let's say, you, you got to go with Hoyer when you had Cam Newton. Like, yeah. there's no points to cut him. Uh, that was just something that was going around the uh, Boston radio uh talking heads were kind of suggesting that that might be a possibility if you know he doesn't play well against the Giants because I assume that last Giants preseason game is kind of like his final audition for him to still be in the race but when you see stuff like this from Mac Jones it's hard not to imagine that they're not just going to say okay you know what most likely let's just go with Mac you know we have him for at least the next five years there's no real point to hang on to Cam especially with him on a one-year deal. Yeah, we have. I know there's all these questions like the uh, who's your week four starter when you try to compare preseason stats and all this stuff. Man, I don't know. I just feel like Mac Jones has such like a groundswell of support from people. I don't know how much. I know Bill Belichick is not affected by outside influences and what's happening in the media or fans, but guess what? Like if he's watching Mac just slice and dice the Giants' first team defense when that's. Very, I mean, it's not a game atmosphere, but it's it's close enough to when they're competing. They're having eleven on eleven, and you're practicing against another team. Like, trust me, those guys are going hard. We already heard they're they're fighting in one on ones. Have to run laps for it. So who's, those are meaningful reps that he's playing well in. Who's well, the, <laughs> that was my question, AJ? Is uh, like as a defensive guy, I can't remember if you said how many uh, joint practices you've been in, but like when you see a guy like Mac doing that, like how cognizant are guys that like, holy shit, this guy's you know. 14 to 15 today he's dicing us up like uh, for both the defense that he's going against and also like his own teammates well i think yeah his own teammates are probably like yeah we, we've been seeing this kid do this for the last couple of weeks we knew he yeah. could do this and then if you're the giants defense not their starters the guys that are in there getting torched they're pissed because their coaches are yelling at him going crazy but then the backups behind them and then the giants offensive players that are watching this happen you know, they're all just kind of looking over at each other. Look at this dude, man. Like, yeah. Cam better get back. Like, they, I'm sure they're all freaking out. Like, this guy is putting it together. And if he was, what, 21 of 23 in team drills? Yep. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, pretty yeah. damn good. And then yesterday, too, Matthew Slater came out and actually talked about, like, Mac Jones and how he, like, commands respect. And he's obviously earned it from his entire team. And I think, and you can probably speak on this, when it's someone else who's a rookie or whatever saying this, it's one thing. But when it's, like, a Matthew Slater or a Devin McCourty, that kind of holds a little more weight uh, in the locker room, right? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like, Matthew Slater's probably, I mean, he may be the most respected guy in that locker room now, yeah. I'm guessing. From coaching staff through all the players and everybody in the front office, that guy uh, seems to do everything right. So if you're Mac Jones and you hear a guy like that speaking that way about you, it's got to feel pretty good. It's got to build your confidence, I would imagine. But Mac Jones is such a unique dude, unique personality. I, I think he's authentic. and He seems like he is who he is. He's not trying to be something that someone wants him to be. And I think guys will gravitate towards that. Like I think you guys know like if somebody, even if they're a weirdo, douche if they're authentic and that's who they are like i can respect it and i like it i'm not saying anything about mac but i'm just saying in general yeah when someone's authentic you can respect it. okay man all right i might not agree or even really like that person but i respect the hell out of them for going out on a limb and actually being who they are 
Well, and it seems like, you know, from the start, they've talked about, like, this dude's got swag. You know, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people gave him shit for, you know, how he walked up on draft night. But it seems like from the moment he's got in there, like, he's acted like he's belonged and he has commanded the respect of his teammates. And it sounds like, I mean, shit, with the way he's performing, it'd be tough to imagine that a lot, like, these guys don't respect the hell out of him already. Who's in a worse position? Is it because, is it Cam? I mean, Mac Jones comes in his very first preseason game gets a standing ovation yeah or is it andy dalton who is now getting booed every single time he doesn't get a first down in preseason games <laughs> man i i was i was thinking about that earlier today actually about the red rocket andy dalton he's, he's such a good dude that's the thing it's tough and i know him so I, I really like the dude but what a what a tough situation like let's say andy starts week one if they go three and out in that first drive, Oof, what yeah. do you think the fans are going to do? Like, no matter uh-huh. what he does, if it's not a touchdown on the first play, people are going to be calling for Justin Fields. So it's like an impossible situation right now. Luckily, they're on the road. Yeah. So, which I just thought <laughs> of helps. in my head. Luckily, that definitely helps. But they're going to be going against the Rams, who I believe were the number one ranked defense when you looked at certain stats last year. So, like, even if they're on the road, I mean, if they come back home week two, like, the chances of Andy looking great in week one against that Rams defense is not great. And if they come home week two, which I'm not sure if they do or not, and then he comes out and struggles too, like, it's not going to be good. Well, and with well, Andy, at least Andy's, like, been uh, – like, last year he was a backup in Dallas. Like, I feel like for Cam, Cam's never, ever been a backup. Like, he's always been the guy on whatever team he's been on. So, I, I don't know how that transition is. If I assume it's a very difficult one. Like, Hasselback, Pat's talked about before, going from Seattle and then coming to the Colts and kind of being more of a mentor versus, a, uh, versus the starter being the guy. So, you wonder if he can even make that transition. I mean, he's always on the side line celebrating with the team whenever they he do can. anything good. I, the question is does he does he want to he definitely yeah. can but do, is he willing and does he want to and he doesn't have to either way like he, i'm sure he's got plenty of money saved in the bank if he doesn't want to do that but if he's willing then yeah you, you definitely can i mean look what happened to Jameis. i would imagine Jameis is gonna get named starter here eventually uh-huh. maybe and that dude sat as a backup for a year what do you say what do you call it guys what do you want to harvard, harvard the harvard Har- of quarterbacking yeah Hey, and it looks like it's starting to play out and work out for him, isn't it, right now? We'll see. Long season to, to have ahead of us. We don't even know if he's the starter uh, just yet. But So with, with T.J. Watt, I want to pivot quick. I know T.J. Watt, they say, what, camp is over now, so he's likely to sign a, a long-term extension and become the highest-paid defensive player. Is that correct? Yeah, so normally how the Steelers work is they don't do contracts during the season, um, and the speculation is there's no way – that they let TJ go until after the season contract-wise because uh, then they got to worry about Minka and some other players too. Uh, but TJ most likely because, as, if you, as you know, he's not going to take anything less than what the current highest edge defender is taking right now, especially after his season last year. So I believe Joey Bosa is the highest paid right now at like 27 and a half or something like that yeah. per year with over $100 million guaranteed. Uh, Miles Garrett just got just over $100 million guaranteed. So within the next couple weeks, they play the Panthers on Saturday. It seems like TJ is going to get a $100 million guaranteed contract very, very soon. Yeah. I mean, so what is, has TJ been taking part in camp and everything? Uh, he's been 
he has. I don't think he's done any like the team stuff. He's d- he's been doing individuals and stuff like that. Um, so is this a hold? In? He's healthy, right? This is a hold in. There hasn't been any like news or any articles like TJ's holding in because I think he's doing enough. He's showing up every single day and he's doing enough practicing. Like when Melvin Ingram did it, uh, he was showing up and just standing around yeah. the, the whole time with the team. I, TJ's doing enough that it's not technically, I guess, a hold in or whatever. Uh, but he, I don't think he's been doing any team drills or anything like that where he's going to get hurt before he gets a hundred million guaranteed. Diggs, you're you're a big Steelers fan. Yeah. I, I assume you are happy with this, and you know they can't let this guy get away. Yeah, one like in not even just for on the field because he did have such an him and Aaron Donald obviously were uh, Aaron Donald won the defense MVP, but a lot of people said TJ could have. Uh, he makes such a difference for that team, especially now that we've lost some people in the secondary. Like the getting pressure up front is going to mean so much more. But on top of that, like all you hear right now from Pittsburgh media and Steelers media. And like the podcast and stuff like that is pay TJ Watt, give him his money. So if they let, if there was any chance that they let TJ out of the building or anything like that, there would be a revolt. Oh, absolutely, they would go crazy, and I, and there, there, there should be. Like you, you hope that you find a way to draft guys like TJ Watt that are such game changers and dynamic and be a cornerstone of your defense for however many years. So to let that guy slip away would it's, would just be stupid. I think. I mean, it's it's awesome that he's earned this. Is it awesome that we have to pay a non-quarterback position almost $30 million? No, but that's like it goes quarterback and then edge, edge as far yeah. as paying uh-huh. as far as paying guys. So that's just what you that's kind of what you have to live with right now. And he's earned it, so that's how it is. I'm not sure like if his numbers change at all, but like is there any worry within like the Pittsburgh media or even for yourself that without Bud Dupree, like he might not fall off, but be more doubled, face more like more attention, even though like Hayward is still on the D line. When we had who do we have on? Um, Kyle, no, uh, the other long, Chris, uh, Chris Long. Chris we had Chris Long on. I asked him about the other side losing yeah. Bud Dupree or whatever, and he said it means more if they were to lose like Cam inside, Cam yeah. Hayward or to it inside. And then the guy they drafted last year, uh, Alex Highsmith, has looked great. They have Melvin Ingram on the team. Oh, yeah. They they've both looked great. So I'm not worried right now about about losing but even though bod's an incredible player but i think they have some of the pieces to at least rotate ingram and highsmith to do some of the stuff that bud could do i, I like alex highsmith i actually yeah, called been, one of his college games like he seems like he is very well put together mentally like he was uh, the coaches his coaches how they talked about that dude like he was so mature and the leader of that team like i think he could be really really good for a long time he seems perfect for for pittsburgh actually dude when i I went back he was in that softball game he is built like a fucking brick shit house and like (laughs) the nicest dude in the world and all the all the reports out of camp are that he's been playing incredible so i'm not too worried about that actually hey so hard knocks was last night right oh Oh, yeah yeah. oh yeah i unfortunately i I missed this one i did not get to see it yet dude what are you doing it was pretty good. Yeah, to Tony's point, they did a sweet little like drone shot of Jerry World the entire place. So, like go down. I'm assuming it's called like Jerry Jones Drive that leads up to this circle. And then they have all these uh, like they have the numbers that are in the Ring of Honor. I yep. think like on the street with a little plaque next to them. And they go through the facility. It was pretty cool. I mean, I, I didn't mind it. Jerry and Big Mike both dropped some dimes. It was about time that they involved them a little more because. Last episode, there was not enough, Jerry. Well, and we were talking about it uh, out there this morning. Like, 
we all love hard knocks, but I think it's got to the point now too. Like Foxy mentioned it, like we see so much of the behind the scenes stuff, and mm. like so you get like the the first episode comes back, you hear the music, and it's like oh, okay, here we fucking go. We're gonna get Big Mike dropping a couple f bombs. We'll be able to see some guys who we want to see, but then in the end, it's still just. It's all preseason shit, yeah. and we're just ready for the regular season to get here. Like they started it with that drone shot, which was incredible. Unreal. And also, I, I I didn't realize like they have their like their indoor. I think where they practice indoors is also like a fifteen thousand seat yeah. stadium that schools in Texas play high school football there. So like it, it was you know it was a, a a pretty good episode. We got Jerry going up in the um, helicopter to their preseason game and. They forgot Steven somewhere, and Jerry said something <laughs> along the lines of like, well, we might as well, you know, start the day by fucking up. And so yeah. they, they had to turn around and go back and get him. Yeah, he said they went up there. He, he was, you know, why don't you circle the stadium for me? And yeah. he, it was it was pretty cool, but, you know, outside of those few moments, it, it just a lot of filler stuff. Did, yeah. I saw from Pat, did Big Mike have a, a lightning quote? Yeah. So they were uh, they were outside practicing, and the, the storms were rolling in, and he said, yeah, like, the, you know, there's too much money out there. I ain't fucking around with lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they went inside. It was unreal. There was also a pretty cool segment where, like, the guy who runs the mailroom is, like, the fourth generation in his family to run the mailroom. Like, his great-grandfather did it, then his grandfather, then his father, and now his father brought him in. So they have, like, this legendary mailroom dude, and he was also playing cards with, I think, Micah, Zeke, and Dak, yeah. I believe. Yep. So it, it was a pretty good episode. Definitely better than the second one. Uh, but again, to Ty's point, it's preseason. Like, we get to see the behind-the-scenes stuff on social media now because they post so much of that shit. But no, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was good to see Jerry flying in a helicopter just saying the F-bomb. That's all you really want to hear out of Hard Knocks these days. Well, don't you think it would it would be awesome if they did Hard Knocks and they followed them throughout the season? I believe Amazon did that, didn't they, with the Rams a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, they did it with the Rams, and then they did it again with the Cardinals and maybe the Panthers. It's called, like, All or Nothing or yeah. something like that. So but, Jeff Fisher gets fired? What? And they... Uh, Jeff Fisher yeah, got fired again? I, I believe Jeff Fisher did he, get he fired, fired on that on show. He got fired on that show, yeah. yeah. Oh, bad timing. Jesus. You know Jeff, Jeff Fisher? Do I know him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've met him. I've never played for him, but he's awesome. Why? I don't know. He just seems like a sweet guy. I visited uh, Tennessee, brought me in for a visit before the draft, oh. and I remember I, I showed up, and I they're like, oh, we'll take you to Coach Fisher's office. I'm like, okay, and they took me there, and I sat down in his sweet office, and then he came strolling, and he's like, hey, sorry, man, I was I actually left. I was headed home for the day. I didn't know you were coming later or whatever, and he popped his feet up on his desk. He sat, leaned back in his chair, popped his cowboy boots on the desk, and we just talked. He's like, yeah, we're going to take a quarterback, man. I'm not really sure why you're here. But, <laughs> oh, that's unreal. <laughs> Who did they take? Like they took Vince Young. And oh. so it was that year. And I'm like, oh, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you bringing me in. Like, I, you know, loved it. Good meeting you and talking to you and everything. So whenever I did cross paths with him, he was great. But their linebacker coach uh, was the old Arizona State head coach and coach Pat Tillman. And he took me out to lunch. It was the greatest. Damn. McGinnis, Dave McGinnis. The guy's amazing. And he just told me Pat uh, Tillman stories all day. And we went to, like, a sweet Nashville barbecue spot. It was a... A great visit. Seemed like a real laid-back, fun place to be, actually. Obviously, you wanted to play the, for the Packers uh, your entire life, but uh, were there any visits that you went on and you were like, damn, I would love to play for this guy. This guy is the man. It's kind of like when you talk to any of those guys, usually like most of them, you come away with that. When it's like it's not a recruiting process, but it's like you get them in a different setting where they're laid back, they're talking to you, and like, that's usually not how they are as a coach. Uh, Mike Nolan was the head coach of the Niners. I visited out there. He was super cool, man. <laughs> I, and I've kept in contact with him over the years. He was a very, very cool dude. Didn't 
didn't work out great for him. Uh, yeah, was during he my time early on in the league, but I, I, I like him. I have a lot of respect for him. And Detroit uh, Marinelli was the head oh, coach when oh, I visited. Oh, yeah. That guy's amazing. <laughs> was Nolan wearing a suit when you when he brought you in? Surprisingly, not. He was. You know what? No, you talk about a good dude. We were. We went to lunch or something, and his car was valeted. And the guy brought his car, and Nolan was like, "Oh man!" He's like, "I don't. I don't have any cash on me." He's like, "You ain't cash." And I. I had like a $10 bill I gave him that he tipped a dude. And a week later, he sent me a thank you note with a $10 bill and it paid me back. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Whoa. Did you uh, tell him sorry after he got fired by the Cowboys recently or no? I, no? I did not get to reach out to let him know, but I will next time I see him or chat with him, Ty. I'll make sure I, I do. I'll give him my condolences. Well, yeah. if Mike Nolan fell so that a janitor from nowhere – could rise yeah. to the stardoms of head coaching in the NFL. <laughs> what was what? his name? Jim Tom Sula. Jim Tom Sula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't know what the hell you were they talking a, about. The, ni- the Niners had, we're gonna, and guess we're going to go to break here in a second, but the Niners had a string of head coaches there for a while where it was just a rotating door, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, Chip yeah. Kelly was there for what, a year or two? Yep, that was not good. Tom, remember uh, the old line um, coach? Singletary. Singletary. Yeah. yeah. Can't win with him. Can't win with him. Vernon Davis. Yeah, that was insane. And then Harbaugh came in the next year and they went to the. <laughs> yeah, like the NFC Championship, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird. They had a weird time going. I, I tell you what, Kyle Shanahan, they found their guy, it seems like right now. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills or on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's oh, right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Yeah, free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Guess Ooh. what, guys? Yes. We have a special oh, special guest coming on. I mean, I don't know. He's he's basically a c- contributor to the show. Been on a million times last year, most likely. We confirmed he's coming on on Tuesdays this year. What? Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers, welcome to the show. Oh, yes! oh man, look at the KG picture behind you. That's awesome. 
Hey, man. I'm in a different office today, but always got love and respect for KG. Um, most likely, is is it? Are you guys pulling out of the deal now, or what are we? We never know. Out? No, we're not pulling out. We're not pulling out, Aaron. You know that. But what I uh, don't get is, I know, you know, we I, just gotta we gotta put caveats that we don't know. I know you don't. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, I heard. So uh, multiple people have told me they said you're quitting football to go host <laughs> Jeopardy. Is that true? Now that that guy had to step down. Uh, I don't, buddy. I haven't, I haven't heard uh, any news with that yet. But uh, I heard they, they, at some point, they might need a new uh, voice of Jeopardy. So, with all your, uh, you know, your voiceover work you've been doing in Hollywood, I feel like you might be, uh, might be up for that job, age. Thank you. I, I appreciate. It. I, I assume Levar Burton has been sending you like threatening DMs, right? <laughs> Telling you, hey man, back off my gig. I love Levar. I. Uh, <laughs> with a big fan of Star Trek, Reading Rainbow. I mean, who yeah. grew up and watched Reading Rainbow? Hell yeah. Of course. Here. Come on. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with him. Hey, I'm but so how glad you- I'm here without Pat, though. I mean, I feel like a lot of people think I only come on because of Pat, and I don't care about the boys and age. Like, So this is good. I also saw a disturbing video of Pat trying to take a snap. Um, when was that? Was that a couple days ago? Yes. Was he yeah. trying to take a drop back? Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't didn't work out very well. But. Yeah, we were. Oh! Yeah. Oh! 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 Come on! What the hell's going on out here? All right. And first of all, Aaron, thank you for your time. You know, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. You look unbelievable. I heard you've been playing great football. What's this all about? What just happened right here? You know, my shins are titanium and platinum. Because I went to bat for you for like seven months or whatever. And now you're on your, you know, I'm happy Pat's not here. What is the deal? Pat, I just feel like you're such a great host that, you know, with these other guys, it gives them an opportunity. Because most people, I think, who watch our show on Tuesdays, they wonder uh, if AJ is a mute or a mime. Maybe maybe mime on the side. Uh who just, you know, it's cigar smoking mime, and, and they're wondering if, if maybe they can book him it's for okay. some days. Um, so it's nice <laughs> to be able to get him some, you know, a couple words in and, and some of the boys, too. So I don't know where you're at, but you know, I was invited on the show very nicely and decided to uh, to comply and agree. Hey, well, we appreciate that, but it, it got me thinking, okay, Pat's out of here. Yeah, Pat. Oh, look at that. Look at my picture on the on the, his TV screen behind that. That awful desk, yeah. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Hey, we know that you are definitely not scared of having awkward situations, making people feel awkward. I think you thrive in those situations at times, which is fine. I, I do the same sometimes. How weird was it when you were walking in your first day back this year wearing those sweet, sweet shades? I don't know where you got them and whatever in your homage shirt, actually, too, on day one. Was it weird walking back? Like, even you, like, what was going through your mind? It was a little strange, for sure. And there wasn't a lot planned. I, you know, I'd gotten a text from our buddy Brian Bumgarner the night before, <laughs> but I literally went to my closet and was looking for the the, the first non like James Purse, uh, you know, T-shirt in my closet, and I came to that one with Brian and his chili on the front. I said, "Yeah, this would be pretty cool." Those glasses. I know I've said it. Uh, I think on my one of my social medias, but I'll say it again. I, you were nice enough to gift slash I stole those glasses from you at Tahoe. Um, love them. And luckily you had another pair. So it wasn't like, you know, you're missing out on, on those glasses. A big hit, by the way. A lot of other, my teammates have gotten them 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, all those, you know, Zach Wilson would say differently, I'm kind of a swag kind of sewer kind of a passion. Yep. But it was, uh, it was a little strange coming in. I, I said yesterday uh, to Jim Rome that it felt like the first day of school, kind of, uh, in a new school. And, I, you know, we moved a lot growing up. I went to, I think, seven or eight different schools through high school. And, you know that feeling. It's like first day, you almost feel like you know you're the new guy, the outsider. I felt a little bit like that walking in the locker room uh, the first time, but then I saw Preston and Lucas Patrick and some other guys, Warren Burks, my locker my buddy, and everything kind of all those nerves and anxiety went away, and I felt uh, you know felt a lot better. Um, and as you know, it's just different when you're away from the team for six months. Everything feels a little bit a little bit different, but. It's been, uh, you know, it's been good to be back, back with the guys. Everything's just, you know, feeling like normal again. I mean, it, it seems to be that way. I mean, we see pictures of you and Goody chopping it up at practice. You seem to be getting along. You post uh, all kinds of things. I know uh, you have plenty of talent out there. You got Randall. Do you ever feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on, on Randall? I mean, I haven't asked him directly, but damn, like if he doesn't play well, they're like, man, Aaron did all this stuff. He's pumped him up. We brought him in. Here we go. Like, I sure hope Randall – can stay healthy and have a great year. I'm sure he will, but man, I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on him. I ain't putting a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> just by it, just by pumping him up and letting him know, like we know how awesome Randall is. But it's like, man, like this guy's got to catch a lot of his first drop. People are like, oh, okay, this is the guy Aaron wanted. Well, I mean, I mean that, those those types of shitty opinions don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, pundits like yourself. Now you're like the only pundit on the you know on the McAfee show now, and okay. you gotta. You, you got to go on your other shows and talk about, you know, how smart you are at football. And <laughs> um, I'm not worried about Randall. I would say this: anybody, you know, it's there's so many new people around here that weren't there, weren't here in '18 and before, and saw Randall's young player. But anybody who hasn't been around him, there's been so many moments throughout camp where you're like, whoa, like whoa, that was really fucking smart, or whoa, that was an amazing play, or wow, he's still athletically super gifted or I've never seen a shallow cross, you know, run that precisely. Just there's been like one thing every single day that he's done that a lot of people have said, wow, like that is, that's why, you know, 12 wanted him so bad. That's why, you know, he's going to be an important part of what we're doing. So we need him hundred percent. I think Allen has had a great camp. Marquez has had a great camp. I feel really good about our first four. Amari, you know, has, has had kind of a rookie camp so far. He's, he's been good at in points, and there's been some overwhelming days for sure, which happens. It's not a knock on him. It just happens for young players. There's there's a lot of information coming at you in a short amount of time. But obviously he's very gifted athletically, and at some point he's going to be, you know, probably the slot receiver here. But it's nice having Cabo back. He's had a great camp. we got to keep him healthy this season and, and excited about what he can bring to the squad. It's been great having him around. We've had a good time. You know, we messed around, had some dinner the other night, had a couple of drinks, started posting about Clay Matthews. That thing kind of went a little nuts, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's been good. Is that what happened? You guys were out, were you out at your uh, your local spot, your local local watering hole, having a few beers, and you just decided to, to blow uh, Clay up? Yeah, you know me. We're big watering hole guys. <laughs> yeah. We love going to, to shoots and, uh, and the sardine can and, and you know, Green Bay. Uh, no, we were having dinner, and a comment came up about Clay and that house that he spent 10 years building out on the West Coast, you know, that he's actually not living in anymore. And there was conversations about him, so we decided to FaceTime him. 
and in the midst of the FaceTime, uh, you know, there was some Instagram stuff that was posted, and we had a couple laughs. The next morning, I got up and looked at social media, and was like, "Whoa!" And I, te- I texted uh, a GIF or GIF. I'm not sure what the correct pronunciation GIF. is. GIF. Thank you. GIF. But I texted a GIF to Clay from uh, Anchorman after they have the fight between the news teams. <laughs> and Will Ferrell's in the chair, and he says, "That escalated quickly." <laughs> I sent him that gift, and we had we had some good laughs about it. Hey, you're uh, I, I would we can't uh, have you on the show and not let your super fan Ty Schmidt ask you a question. So Ty, what's up, man? Aaron, great to fucking see you. The lettuce looks unbelievable. The beard looks unbelievable. How you feeling? How's the arm feeling? You said last year when you came on, your arm felt better than it had in what like you know your entire career so far. How's the body feeling? You ready to go? How the boys looking? I just, I mean, <laughs> let, let's do this thing. It's good <laughs> to have you back. Ty, it's good to see you, man. Lots changed in your world the last year or so. Congratulations on all that, buddy. Thank you. Uh, see you. You're back, and you're looking great as well. It's fun being back, man. It really is. Uh, my body feels good. Uh, the off offseason uh, was a great time to uh, – mentally and physically refreshed last year i loved the intro to camp where we took like five days and did a kind of a, an amp up period which i thought they would do every single year after that because everybody loved it so much this year they didn't do it it was kind of right into uh, like normal practices so the team maddie did a good job of giving me kind of about 80 throws a day on, on a target which honestly with the length, duration of practice it's really hard to even get to that point of 80 competitive throws but uh, my arm felt good early in camp uh, yeah. As you saw, you know, uh, dropping, dropping some dimes and some socket signs and some of the long distance Hell yeah. net throws that I was that I didn't throw out camp. But it's been a good camp for us. I like where we're at uh, offensively. Defense is coming along too. They're they're running a, you know, a, a new scheme with uh, Joe Barry in charge. He's done a nice job. Basically, him and, and most of the staff that was retained, if not all the staff, most of the staff, I guess, was retained. Offensively, not a lot of changes. Uh, you know, definitely not staff-wise, personnel-wise, very similar. Obviously, we lost, uh, you know, Corey's uh, Corey Lindsley, AJ's uh, Ohio State uh, uh, buddy. Um, but Got a new we were, one though. Got another Ohio State buddy there. Yeah, we replaced him with another Ohio State guy. <laughs> We've done a good job. We're a little younger up front, for sure. Um, you know, last couple of years, Brian gone and Corey gone, but um, I like where we're at. Obviously, getting Dave back is going to be an important part of us kind of taking off as an offense. But until then, Elton, you know, kind of hold things down for us, and and we'll count on the young guys to uh, hold it down in the middle. Boston Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Mr. Rogers, you said uh, Ty mentioned that your lettuce looks fantastic. I was wondering, are there any plans for the lechuga to you know be cut up, trimmed up, or are we just going to let that rock outside the helmet all year? I'm going to rock out with my hair out. Okay? Hell yeah. Uh, I don't plan on cutting it anytime soon. <laughs> I think that there's – hey, Pat's back. I think there's some things you could do with maybe the back of the hair. I've been getting some advice from some hair connoisseurs on the squad. You know, my kind of my hair heroes growing up were, uh, you know, Chuck Norris and uh, Steven Seagal. Um, sure. Guys like that, uh, Keanu Reeves, of course, has always been a personal hero of mine, whatever he's doing. I don't really know, uh, other than John Wick, what he's been up to, maybe saving lives, you know, changing spare tires on the side of the road. But I, I do think it's important in times like this to talk to the experts. So the experts in the locker room, 
you know, would be probably Bobby Tunyon and and David Bakhtiari among among others. So I've been talking to him about you know products to use, types of uh, you know ways to clean up around the you know the back and the ears to make the uh, the the pony or the bun whatever you choose uh, you know as as you know good looking as possible. Hey, you're gonna look great as Falco out there this year. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That the good flow, living oh, yeah. on a houseboat, maybe. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll live on a houseboat out there in Green Bay. It's going to be difficult. I have one question, and this has been an incredible interview. Okay? This has been incredible. It's been great to see you, Aaron. Great to see you, Aaron. Um, were you sandbagging everybody? You were showing videos of you singing Taylor Swift and jumping <laughs> off waterfalls with my tie, that son of a bitch. And then you, you showed up at the match, and your legs were gigantic. Were you – you were – did you sandbag everybody? Because everybody's like, he's not going to be in shape. Looks like he's going to retire, blah, blah, blah. Did you stick on like, you look like you're in the best shape we've seen you in some time. And I think the match calves really was what drew me to that. Is that Were you on the same workout that you've always been on and were attempting to mislead people all offseason? Yeah, I wasn't attempting to mislead anybody, but I was on a similar workout that I've been on. I probably upped the calves uh, workout just a tad just because I knew I was going in – against uh, Phil, you know, and I just didn't want to give Phil any extra ammo. You know, he's a, he's a below average trash talker, as was his part. Really, as was my partner as well. So I, knew I, <laughs> I knew I had to bring, you know, the calves and the trash talking, which I, I tried to. But, you know, it was one of those rounds where things kind of clicked for me. I've always been a good putter. Um, and other than the, you know, the chunk I had on the first hole, I actually hit the ball fairly decent. Uh, comparatively, uh, you know, maybe a little better than that than some of the other guys in the group. Um, but that was that was fun to play well in that and to close it out. They were rooting for us, I think, to for me not to make that putt to kind of get us to 18, you know, keep the viewership. But I'm like, shit, we're already five hours in. Do we really need long another hour of this? We gotta. I think we gotta streamline that a little bit next time. Hey, were you really? You, you said you were fifty-fifty retiring. I watched. I said from watching the match, I was like, "Does that look like a dude that wants to retire?" Like I, I felt like not asking, never even asking you. Like I don't, I can't imagine you just hanging it up right now. Well, age. After the match, what happened? What do you get an attitude for? Why do you get an attitude about that question? Hey, stop being a fucking asshole! <laughs> come on, Hawk. Come on. Look, I, I respect that sometimes, every now and then, you keep a conversation that we have between us. Pat's not as good about that. Like, when he, <laughs> you know, when he drops me as his source. <laughs> I appreciate that, AJ. Every now and then you keep things between us. It's great. But after the match, I flew to Tahoe and we hung out, right? Remember that? Yeah. And yeah. we had some questions. And I told you what I said in my press conference. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks, but I'm getting ready as if I'm going to play. Because I had to. I mean, you don't do it the other way. You don't show up to camp, you know, fat as shit and, you know, out of faith. you got to make sure you're ready to rock and roll. I mean, AJ, I mean, there's – I don't think there's a time you ever did that because all you eat is, like, chicken and chicken. But um. – <laughs> and your, your wife is a great cook, too. That's what's – that's the one of the biggest shames. I don't know, McAfee, it's, I don't know about your wives, uh, chef-wise, but Laura Hawk is a phenomenal cook. And for AJ – to only eat eggs and chicken. Disrespectful. Yeah. Scumbag. Crazy. Scumbag. You should have seen Scumbag. what he said about Andrew Sisley Auto yesterday. Oh, oh my God. Oh, 
That poor guy. He's getting bullied by NFL Network. AJ, I potentially got COVID because of it. You know, like the universe is all upset about what we did to Cicliano, and uh, I just I'm having a rough day over here. Yeah, don't don't mess with uh, don't mess with guys like that, Pat. <laughs> Pat, you got uh, one more. I know Aaron's got to get back. He's got he's on his lunch break, so I appreciate you joining us, Pat. I think has one more. Uh, I want AJ to get the last question though, just because he's the host. Right, don't worry, I'll jam one. In. I'll jam one in before we end it. <laughs> Oh, oh. That's, it. All right. that's gone. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. You know what? You wonder why he hung up. He was trying to be funny, but he really had nothing to ask. And he was racking his brain. He's like, oh, no. I got to ask like an actual real question right here. And he couldn't figure it out. So credit to him. Yeah. That or hey, is your arm, how is your arm feeling for real? I know you, you never. Okay. So you usually never throw. Were you throwing when you're jumping off waterfalls in, in Hawaii and all that? Were you throwing the ball at all? I know you usually say you never throw in the offseason. Yeah. Miles is a, you know, a. Big time athlete. We were running some routes out there, uh, you know. Definitely working, uh, working the girls in here and there, you know, with some underneath stuff. But a lot of, a lot of throwing out there for sure. Not as precise as Randall's underneath route, though. You know that. That's John across that he has. The girls can't touch that route. I know that. I get it. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate you joining us during your little break that you have here. We appreciate you. We we can't wait to have you uh, every single Tuesday again for the rest of the season. Everything looks like it's going great for you. So congrats. Great job. Congrats on winning the match. Didn't have to take a shot at Bryson, but hey, it's all right. A lot of people are have their differing opinions on him. Thank you, buddy. I think we're about 10 or 11 days. Uh, no, sorry, 13 days before our first, uh, our first Tuesday. I want to give a big shout out to, uh, uh, to all the boys, to Ty for getting married, to all the members of your family, AJ, as well, especially better you know i hope he's doing good at school and uh raising too much hell but uh i will talk to you guys soon appreciate it sounds good man thank you ladies and gentlemen aaron rogers all right here we go so this is a good one i don't know if he's ever been on this show actually i don't think he has Uh, here we go all right so he's sitting back hanging out waiting in this sweet palatial mansion down in south not south beach but south florida Whoa. around Whoa. that area this guy big tall handsome brother-in-law of myself mr brady quinn welcome yeah! Yeah! I, you know i gotta be honest i've been waiting for this invitation for a long time aj <laughs> you've been doing this show for far too long i can never get a call can't get on the show until today but i appreciate it man Hey, I, I've been pushing for you forever. It's Pat. He's sitting back at his house. <laughs> all Pat? Okay. Okay. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. Hey, that's yeah. bullshit, Brady. Yeah. He's lying. Yeah. You know how big of a scumbag AJ is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, what's up, man? How you doing down there? You just get done with your show? Uh, yeah, we got done with the show a little bit earlier this morning. So uh, early morning wake-up calls with that. But uh, Hey, explain I to people do. what you're doing right now. What show you've been working on lately? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I've been working for uh, Fox Sports Radio in the mornings. Really, the vacancy that was left behind for Clay Travis, uh, they asked me and uh, the guy I've been working with for about five years now, Jonas Knox, to fill in. So we filled in. We've still been doing that basically on a temporary basis. Hopefully, it will it'll be. Um, but we'll find out here in the next couple of weeks or so. And then LeVar Arrington, um, who's, who's joined as well. It's kind of been a three-man team, but it's been a ton of fun. So I've been doing that from 6 to 9 in the mornings. And then I work for CBS Sports HQ, uh, their digital platform, which is actually based down here in South Florida. 
So I've been going there in the afternoons, and then obviously I, I do the stuff for a uh, big new kickoff on the weekends once we get started up here next week. Well, and you're currently working on your MBA as well, right? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, man. I got to tell you, man. Going back to school, it's 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 cool. You learn a lot, but it. Well, it you, was never the to, summer you never went to never went to class in Notre Dame, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh no, I had to. I had, you know yeah, you, you know. come know, on now. Ty, Ty Willingham used to rollerblade. I figured you'd like this. He used to <laughs> really. He he used to rollerblade, and he'd literally roll by in Bartolo Hall and check out all our classes. And he would do, literally he'd have <laughs> like a manager right next to him counting he'd be like all right they're here they're here they're here he would make sure everyone's there in class in attendance and then when charlie weiss got there he obviously didn't do that he, he didn't rollerblade <laughs> yeah. really but, what? but sandwiches he would make sure someone was there checking and if you didn't show up for class you did not want to have to go to the coach's office for that conversation hey i get that's exactly my i went to all my college classes like i'm not sure, saying i did yeah. great but i was there i was present and i was taking notes because they checked on us but when you going back to Ty Willingham, he's rollerblading around Notre Dame's campus, which I was lucky enough to go down and watch your spring game going into your senior year. I had a great time because I was not playing. Uh, everyone there probably we, we, we all time. did. We, we all did. <laughs> I got to have a nice do, 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 taste of Notre tell Dame from Brady. Yes, tell What's a story. Tell yes. a story or no? yes. Tell which a story. One? What part? Well, so so our buddy Oz. Um, oh. Our buddy Oz, back at this time, AJ had the long flowing locks, right? Oh, yeah. So he's got the long flowing blonde hair. Well, our buddy Oz, he happened to have long blonde hair like that, too. And so Ozzy came in town for the game, and I guess he must have went outside to go smoke a cigarette outside the yes. stadium. Yes. And some kid comes running up. It's like, oh, my gosh, AJ Hawk, AJ Hawk. Now, mind you, Oz maybe weigh soaking wet 150 pounds <laughs> AJ at this point is like a 240 pound middle linebacker for the green bay packers and somehow this little kid went up to him i i, I don't know maybe he, maybe his dad told him yes yeah, what that's what pro athletes do they just smoke cigarettes outside the stadium <laughs> hang out. as he smokes he was cigar. convinced oz was aj hawk so he was looking for uh he was looking for an autograph from aj which i'm sure he got at some point because AJ got you know bothered by everyone there for an autograph, but uh, he, he throughout the entire time he was there, AJ had a doppelganger, which was Oz, even though he was a hundred and fifty pounds, you know, NFL linebacker. Yeah, hey, I mean, and I think Oz tells the story how he took a big pull from his his sig, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, kid." I think. He <laughs> <laughs> I think he, I think he got him, but yeah, I got a great taste of what Notre Dame life was like, and I got to live through you, the starting quarterback in Notre Dame, so. You showed me all around campus. It was great. It was. Uh, it seems yeah. like I'm sure you seemed to have a great time there during your four years. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that place. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, especially as a football player. You know, the school is hard. I, I, I will, I'll definitely admit that. But like that particular time of year is awesome. Um, you know, we got that going on. We had our bookstore basketball tournament, and all that. But like, once you're done with spring ball, man, that's when everyone lets loose because your exams mostly are done at that point. So, it was a good time. It definitely was. Hey, I want to pivot to the NFL. Obviously, you do you work on a big noon kickoff and do a great job there. But you do you work as a, a commentator for NFL games too. I mean, you do everything. Obviously, as we've heard, you lay out what your days look like. But uh, with Urban Meyer, so you work with Urban on the show. Now he's in Jacksonville. Their second preseason game. The sky is falling. How do you think Urban's doing right now inside that building? Like, do you think it's a calm, <laughs> real like uh, meditative type place? No, no. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you know, Coach Coach Meyer. You know, Herbs. I mean, you go to the mm -hmm. Buckeye cruise with him uh, when you were in your banana hammock when you're out there with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
Dude, Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer, who's got the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach title, those guys are not having fun right now. Um, and, and the odd thing is, is like I think when you look at the NFL, one of the biggest glaring differences is like what you do in the preseason is so insignificant. But when you're a college coach who's never coached at the NFL level, everyone's going to make a big deal about it because they think this is going to be an indication of future events. And, and it's just not. Um, look, look at both the Detroit Lions and Browns, and you guys can fact check this because I'm not 100% sure, but the years they both went 0-16, I think they went undefeated in the preseason. So if that gives you any indication of That's how like, irrelevant it is, it, it's irrelevant. So, look, now is it concerning? Yeah. I mean, clearly they don't seem like they can protect Trevor Lawrence, but they did also have three back of offensive linemen playing you know, versus the Saints on the road. So. We need to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, let's wait until we get into the regular season before we get too concerned. Uh, but given the fact that he lost, what, nine games? Why was that Ohio State? And if he lost nine games or, let's say, ten games, they went seven and ten this year, that would be a dramatic return. He might be up for coach of the year. And yet, in his mind, he would think that he's not succeeding, even though it's a dramatic turnaround. I mean, I, I think the toughest thing about him taking this job is, is he's – when, it, when he went to Ohio State, like, you were there for Jim Trestle. You guys won a national championship. You know, you guys were playing for national championships. It wasn't like he was taking the 128th, 129th team in college football and turning it around. You know, in this case, he's taking the worst team in the NFL. It was a one-win team and trying to turn it around. So it's a very different situation than I think when he picked up and coached Florida and, and when he picked up and coached Ohio State. And I think that's going to be the challenge for him is understanding it's going to it's going to take a while before they're able to make this team a perennial playoff team. So with the old Timmy Tebow situation, were you surprised in how it played out? I know, so you, the reason I ask you is because you played with Timmy yeah. out in Denver. You yeah. were in the same quarterback room as him. I played against you when Timmy was on the squad. Like, I remember that. So were you surprised? I mean, it's pretty difficult to make a complete position change at 35 years of age and play do something you've never really done before. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised because he's got such a good thing going with the broadcasting part of his his career that he wanted to do it but look i mean who cares when he wanted to it's what he wanted to do i'm not going to fault him for that um you know just from knowing him being around him he, he's a very competitive kid he's an extremely hard worker uh i was more surprised by the fact that like they just pulled out the rug from underneath him that quick but i also was surprised that he played as much as he did like they had to have known based on practice and scrimmaging that that was kind of what was going on so why not give him some more time and then wait till that third preseason game where you really play him a ton before you want to move on. Like, if you want to give him a shot, then give him a shot because he's making a dramatic shift in what he's being asked to do. It's his first year doing it. And they've got those practice squad spots for guys who kind of fit his criteria, if you will, meaning like an older veteran guy who isn't practice squad eligible but could be for this year. So why not try to utilize one of those spots for him if you believe – he actually has a shot at doing this. Otherwise, like I'm kind of questioning why they signed him in the first place. If you're just going to release him so quick after one game because it looked bad, like if, if you asked me to go play linebacker in the NFL or I chose to try to come back and do that, it's going to look terrible, and I'm probably never going to be able to play the position. But like if you're going to sign me to do it, then at least give me some time to develop into it. Yeah, I wonder what Timmy will say. Like if he felt like it, he didn't get enough time to prove what he could do. I mean that's. That's the only thing I wonder. You're right. The third preseason game would be, I'll tell you what, the Jags would have had a lot more interest in that game if Tim was still on the roster. Think about it. People would want to, they'd want to watch every single rep and it, they would dissect every single rep frame by frame, though. 
And think about this, and, and I hate this, like, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, and I hate myself for saying it, Good. but think about, too, <laughs> like, all we're talking about right now is, like, Travis Etienne out for the season with his Liz Frank, Trevor Lawrence, can they protect him? Is this a bad situation? They looked terrible the, the first two preseason games. I don't know that we're focusing as much on those things if Tebow's still on the roster. Like, that's still yeah. a storyline. And then actually may not, like, take pressure off Trevor Lawrence and all that crap people say, but it may just take away from, like, where this team is at. But I, I do see the, the part of it where it looked bad. I mean, he looked like he was a quarterback trying to transition to tight end. And so you kind of feel like Urban probably, if he's trying to create this environment, this culture in the locker room, they had to make that decision in order to you know be taken seriously as far as the rest of the guys in the locker room, what's what's expected for them out of that job. But, but again, that's why you wait till the third preseason game to put him in that position where he's playing that much. And, and then you can make that decision then with that final cut. Hey, so, uh, I got one more question for you, but Ty Schmidt will have a question next. He uh, hates Notre Dame, big Packers fan. We'll see what his question may be. But you mentioned Liz Frank and Travis Etienne. You had Liz Frank surgery, correct? How, like, I yeah. know that's a nasty recovery. It's a big-time surgery. What's that like coming back from it? It stinks, man. I mean, I've had back surgery. I had pins put in my finger and all that. The, the Liz Frank, because they, they have to drive in. Like, I had these, like, staples put in, and, and they kind of look like staples. It's hard to explain, but they literally drive them in into your midfoot so it bonds and then it calcifies over top to really fuse the joint and create stability. So you, you don't run the same after you're done with that. Like, your midfoot doesn't bend and move the same or the way you rise up on your toe. Uh, and so when I initially heard it back in Cleveland in 2009, they tried to sell me on the idea that I could cast it and it was going to heal properly. Uh, and then they traded my ass. So like, <laughs> I, I, I get to Denver, and I'm like, this didn't heal right. And they're like, nope. But I was like, well, I can't have surgery now. I'm like trying to kind of make my way in the NFL. So I had to wait till after I was done, and it was just bothering me so much. And then that was the one of the most painful surgeries, like waking up from that. Um, but it definitely will feel better. But Travis Etienne's going to – he'll move different. He'll, it, it'll take him a good six months before he's back running again. Um, and especially if he's getting like either the staples put in or they put in like screws in this plate, but it's uh, it's a pretty significant surgery for as far as like a foot surgery goes. Yeah, I know he got uh, placed on season-ending IR. Ty, what's up? What do you got, man? Brady, it's funny AJ mentions that I hate Notre Dame because when you were there, I actually loved watching you guys. There's a Notre yeah, Dame okay. uh, hype-up video on YouTube set to Crawling in the Dark by Hoobastank. It might be like one of the best YouTube videos of Eat all time. That, AJ. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, any, who doesn't love Hoobastank? Right? Yeah, Does exactly. Ty, did Ty Willingham wear the wrist braces and knee braces? No, it actually helmet? starts with Charlie Weiss giving quite the pump-up speech. Yeah. But... Uh, Coming out of college, like you, you were can't miss. And then when you got into the NFL, I always thought like you never really got a fair shake or a fair opportunity. And whether it was injury related or anything like that, I mean, it never really panned out. Do you have like any? Uh, do you look back with like and and kind of wonder what if like your NFL career could have been uh, considering all that kind of stuff? Or are you at peace with where you're at right now? I mean, I'm definitely at peace with where I'm at. You Obviously, there's certain things you can't change or decisions that you can't change. I mean, the thing that I always contemplate is on draft day, the Ravens were going to take me at 23. And I talked with them basically the entire 22nd pick. And then Cleveland traded up to 22 to take me and draft me. So you that, that scenario always kind of runs through your head because you're watching Joe Flacco get drafted there the next year. You look at the organization, the stability, the defense, the kind of just the consistency that they had. 
Um, and then the success that he had, and you're like, man, that would have been a great position to be in, especially with that defense and the running game they had. You wouldn't be asked to do too much. You can kind of grow into it. Um, so that always kind of goes through. But again, that was out of my control. And then the other decision that really was in my control was after my uh, last year in Denver. So this is back in 2011. Uh, I knew Peyton was going to be signed with the Broncos. Uh, I talked to the coaching staff. I knew he was coming in, and, but I know I was a free agent. And at that point in time, I'd only started, I don't know, maybe 12 games or so. And I'm five years in the league, and I, I was thinking, like, I want to go play. Like, I, I've never been the type, and AJ probably feels similar. I think we've at least talked about this. Like, we're like, we're going to sit down and watch golf. Like, we'd rather be out there playing golf, even if it's on, like, a, a crappy muni course, than going and watching, you know, Augusta or you're going, you know, going and watching the Masters. At least that's, that's how I've always felt. And so I could have, like, backed up Peyton – and then maybe it would have extended my career. It would have been Denver longer. Who knows what would have came from that. Uh, or I took the opportunity on a one-year deal to try to go out there and prove it in Kansas City. I uh, did get my opportunity, but it wasn't until halfway through the season. We had an awful year. I had a couple of concussions in that time. I think one of them happened in Green Bay with AJ. <laughs> preseason. Uh, yeah. Preseason. Yeah, I was, I was heaving it in the locker room. Then I was trying to go out there to, to talk to them before we had to fly back. And I spent the night in the hospital that night. But, like, things just couldn't have went worse. Uh, for us that season with everything that took took place on the field, off the field. So in retrospect, probably not a good decision, but I got the play and like, I'm the type of guy that I'd rather go down swinging, like at least be out there in it, than be, you know, standing on the sideline waiting for that opportunity. Hey, uh, speaking of concussions, Connor from Boston has a great uh, question for you. Yeah, I got plenty of those, AJ. Uh, Brady, you would always smack that play like a champion today sign, and I believe <laughs> AJ does the same thing with the splits Brady Quinn, AJ Hawk jersey. Do you share the same love <laughs> that he does for it, or are you kind of sick of this question? I'm probably the 800 schlub to ask you about it. it it's been a while. Uh, I just, yes. I, I really feel like the funny thing is about the Fiesta Bowl, that game, everything is. That's like all anyone remembers. It's just like my sister, AJ's wife, in the split jersey. And like most people, when you see a split jersey, like that's what they go back to. They always think about like her wearing a split jersey, which is cut, it, it probably, I don't know if that was too soon to be considered viral or however you want to talk about it. But like it was one of the weirdest things that like people to this day will still remember about that game and just about like – I don't know. Everything between AJ and I. And the best part is, is everyone's like, hey, you're married to AJ's sister, right? And I'm like, yep. Doesn't have a sister, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say the same thing. A, yeah. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one ever gets nice. the story right. No one ever gets it right. That's all right. Hey, before, before we get to Diggs, I wanted to ask you. So the, there's a new policy, right, with uh, the NFL, the media – so they're not going to ha- they're not going to be in the locker room after practice after games. Is that correct? So where can they speak to the media? Are they not going to be out there? Uh, there's not going to be any meat gazing out there in the locker room this year. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So so the national media, right? <laughs> they can't be in the locker room anymore. They have to be team affiliated, which this all has to do with COVID, obviously, and them abiding by and having the same testing protocols or vaccination status, whatever. But this is like one of the most unnecessary things that you notice when you go from college to the NFL is. Like, there's a bunch of people who rush to come talk to you while you're naked, like, just getting out of the shower. And I'm always like, can't you just, like, hold on for a second? Can't we just go into, like, the, the conference room or step outside of the locker room or on the practice field in pads? Like, I've never understood the need and why, like, the media has to be in a locker room. Like, that's a sacred place. It's a place of comfort. 
it's a place where yeah to aj's point like we always knew which reporters were the gazers you know <laughs> old, old, old old peter gazer over there like you can tell and and, and i also Shout out peter i Kong. also feel like uh oh, well, no. I, I, you said that not me, <laughs> not me. Um, I, I also feel like it, i mean to be honest like it puts women in, in an uncomfortable position yeah. and, and look there's some guys who they want to do the interview naked like trust me like Towel up top, towel over the shoulder. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, they're they're porky pigging it. They got a t-shirt on, <laughs> nothing else to waist down for a reason, or or it's just a jock strap, and they've been lotioning themselves for like ten minutes. So it's Bob. It, it's it's the weirdest thing. I don't know why it's necessary. I really don't. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> right. Brady knows Bobby well. Bobby's coming on two five, and I know you always would brag to to Bobby about how you're like, hey guys, look at this. I can hold. I, I get my towel on, and I don't. Have, I don't wrap it around my body. And I put my hands out like this. I can hold the towel just on my shaft. You always used yeah. to do that. I heard. You'd have guys who didn't even go in the cold tub just because they knew the media was coming in, so they wanted to make sure they they, they looked the part. You know. This hey, before this goes completely off the rails, Nick Moraldo's got a question for you. Let's go back to Nick. Brady, uh, AJ tells us all the time about his old man pistol, and then he tells us some legendary stories about your old man chops. Yeah, he's become yeah. fan favorite around here. We're hoping you could tell us a little bit more about the legend that is Chopper. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to begin. There's there's too many stories, too many things about Chopper. It, it, it's hard to put him in a nutshell. I mean, even the nickname alone, uh, we still to this day don't know really where it came from. He served in Vietnam. He was like a gunny on a, on a Chopper. So we're assuming that's where it started, but we're, we're not really sure because he, he tells a bunch of different stories. Uh, I'm just... I, I really, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, one story that sticks out. I mean, like I, I've become, I was, I've been kind of, kind of was a meathead growing up, like nowhere close to Todd Renovich. But I remember when I was young, my dad used to make me like protein shakes, like it was Rocky. Like he'd be poor, he'd be like making me, because I was like eight or nine, I was a skinny, taller kid. He like he's like, oh, you gotta put, gotta put meat on, chops, gonna put some weight on. So he'd be like cracking eggs into a blender. I remember oh. it was like this heavy weight gainer 2000. It was like a 2,500 calorie meal, basically. <laughs> like as an eight-year-old kid, I'd walk around like I had a brick in my stomach. But it was it was all the effort to make me like kind of get bigger and stronger. Um, but he's he's just a legend, man. He's there's there's too many callous stories, but n- none of which are probably appropriate for this medium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody Everybody has some kind of chopper story. Diggs, what did you have for Brady? I know you said you had a great question. Thank you, AJ. Uh, Brady, my pleasure. Great job on the morning show, by the way. I love what you're doing and how you're hosting it the same exact way and saying the same, saying the same things that Clay would. I appreciate that. Uh, my, my question is, though, in your time, over under, how many bacon sandwiches did you see Charlie Weiss eat? 700 or more? Jeez. Wow, that's a good question. Um, I never saw him eat that many bacon sandwiches. He definitely he definitely likes bacon, though. Like, I remember, um, what trip was it? I think it was when we go out to Stanford. For whatever reason, wherever we'd stay. Because I remember, we obviously only went there twice. But I remember both times going out there, like, wherever, what hotel that was had the greatest bacon ever. And I remember seeing him before that game, and he had a big old plate of bacon uh, that he was eating at that. And it was a lot of butter, a lot of bacon. I do, I do recall that. <laughs> sounds, sounds amazing. So last question we, we have is going to be from our quasi-American citizen, Gumpy. What's up, man? What do you have? Yeah, Brady, who was your best coach in the NFL, and why was it the man genius? <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who traded my ass away. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I would say, like, like I, I distinctly remember, like, when we had that quarterback battle. Um, our, we had, I'm not going to say the name, but our quarterback coach at the time was like, yeah, they really like Derek Anderson. They really like the other guy. <laughs> like, he basically told me to my face, and I was like, well, this, this, this sounds like I've really got an uphill battle here. You know, we'll see how this goes. Um, I, it, it's so tough. Like, I, I had a great connection with Jim Zorn. I was only with him for one year, uh, but as my quarterback coach, I had a great connection with him. Rip Shearer, who was my quarterback coach in Cleveland for two years. Uh, the, the Ripper's the man. He was a legend. Uh, and then Brian Dable and I got really close. I had him as an OC twice, his first time calling plays in 09, and then in 2012 with the Chiefs. So those three in particular are the ones that I got closest to. I would say in the NFL, the one that was like the sharpest that I learned a ton from was Josh McDaniels. Like that dude is amazing. Like just the way he goes about dissecting a defense, yeah. giving you answers to the test before the snap even happens. Um, it's, it's impressive. Like it's like literally going to school and learning how to run that offense and how to play in that offense. Um, so he's, he's someone that I always hold an extremely high regard as far as just the, uh, the time I spent with them when I was in Denver with them for that one year. Yeah, McDaniels does. Like, I'm intrigued at what McDaniels can do, and we appreciate well, your time, Brady. we got a hard out yeah. coming in a second. Oh, okay. Well, you you got to take that hard out then, all right? You, oh, yeah, you whatever hard. you're going to say, don't you worry, save it. Hell yeah. We're going to have you back. We're going to have you back on, Brady. Once, <laughs> Especially, I, I heard you've been trying to say, like, you're trying to get a pass to get into the locker room. Say, hey, come on, man. Like, I'm a former player. You should let me in with protocols yeah. and everything. It's I, good to go. I need I said, to I'll go and make it if you need me to. I'll go and make it with a mic. With a mic. I don't Just care. You know? Does that make it less awkward? Uh, like you think? Probably, right? Like, if, if they're naked, I'm naked. There were you know, two guys hanging out doing an interview. Yeah, it depends where your, your towel is hanging. But, Brady, appreciate your time, man. Really, really <laughs> thankful for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Brady Quinn. Yeah! Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but let's talk about dating for a minute, okay? I've been out of the game for a while, but... I feel like I got a pretty good handle on how you guys are living your life out there in the dating world. You're not 22 anymore, and that's a good thing. If you like someone, they'll know. If you don't, they'll know. You know what you want, and you're over the bullshit, and that is okay. Emotionally mature is actually kind of hot to you now. You realize that you don't have to agree on everything, and six texts sent back to back to back to back is totally cool. Young love was great, but dating is a fully formed, emotionally mature human. And none of us are ever going to be at the finished product of emotional maturity. But now you're in a much different place in your ears, in between your ears than you were long ago. That means dating is different. You're on a whole different level now. And there is an app ready to make love happen for you at this stage of your life. Now, granted, they can help everybody out. But to those looking to kind of become a more whole human being, you got to download the Match app today. And you can message your top matches for free. Match adults date better. The Match Dating app. This is not Match.com. I'm talking about the Match Dating app that allows you to message your top matches for free. Match adults, date better. Be an adult, find an adult, find love, live your best life. Match dating app. Back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, General Bob Carpenter. Yeah! Looking good, Bob. How's it going, man? How, how you feeling? Oh, feeling good, dude. Just enjoying this little conversation you guys were talking about. You know, when you're describing the size of a playbook, 
the correct term you really want to use is girth. Thank you. Because that's really going to give you the visualization of the thickness of what you'd be talking about there. Now, it's on an iPad, so I guess it's digital girth as opposed to like a girth that you could touch and feel. But, you know, there is that element there with Mac Jones where maybe you can maybe run a little more passing plays. But with Cam Newton, I think it does give you, AJ, that quarterback run. And, And he is a girthy dude himself, a guy that's tough to bring down. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw Mac's uh, pro day, Bob, but he ran. He went out for a route, caught like a halfback pass for a touchdown. He spiked the ball. Did you see that? And ran a four six three. If Mac Jones ran a four six three, they definitely measured left thirty seven or thirty six <laughs> yards. I don't know if it's in his DNA to be able to run that fast. I mean, he's a very talented quarterback, but my man Mac. Looks like he's more adept at my, like eating Big Macs and, and drinking Budweiser oh, than yeah. he is. Wow. You know, being like an athlete, and then that's the big irony. Like, like uh, you can be an athlete and play quarterback, but you don't have to be an athlete to play quarterback. Tom Brady, terrible athlete. You go watch him run, AJ. I mean, it's it's like a baby deer that just first got out and like was trying to attempt to keep up with their mom. So that's that's the thing. Like Mac Jones isn't falling in that athletic quarterback bag. He's a guy that's just out there playing and happens to be good at throwing the football. Yeah, he's very accurate, which we talk about. That is very uh, – it's a characteristic you have to have to be uh, an elite NFL quarterback. But you've been there. You played on the Patriots for a little while. You've been in the building, been around Bill. I know your dad played for Bill, like all kinds of stuff. What What do you think they're going to do with this whole Cam Newton five-day timeout he has? It, like, Are we going to see Mac just take the job? Is, would Bill do that? I don't think Bill would do that. If he likes Cam, and here's the thing that I think he really enjoys, is the fact, AJ, that he has two different quarterbacks as far as stylistically. These guys are as far apart as you're getting. And you know as a a player, you have so much time during the week in practice. So it's not like you can sit there like, hey, we're going to practice for Cam Newton. Oh, and then we're going to practice for Mac Jones. Because every minute that you dedicate to one of the guys is a minute you're taking away from one of the others. So it wouldn't surprise me this year if they play Cam a lot and they sprinkle some Mac Jones in there, you got to remember, like, Bill Belichick does things completely unconventionally. He is one of the few coaches that's able to kind of mix and match and kind of figure this stuff out. He He's always zigged when everyone zagged. When everyone was you know, running the ball, he's going three wide receivers, shotgun, doing college stuff. Everyone goes to the spread. What does he do? Hey, we're going to bring like two and three tight ends in the game and just line it up and run it on people. So I think he may be doing this simply for a preparation thing. I do believe that, that he likes Cam. Listening to what Bill says, and you're not going to get a whole lot out of those press conferences, but you literally have to hang on like every single word and like the delivery of it. I do think that he has an appreciation for Cam and what he's able to bring to the table, and I think he wants to give him a shot. And he looked really good throwing the ball in their last game. So if he can throw it like that, I think they'll probably want him to be the starter. Okay, let's, let's pivot to another team that, where you were drafted, Dallas. So they're on hard knocks right now. Dak is trying to to make a comeback from that brutal injury last year and the shoulder lat situation he has. What like how how eager do you think Jerry Jones is to get another Super Bowl ring? Like you like and how involved was Jerry day to day when you were there? Like how eager is Jerry to get another Super Bowl? Like is that yes. is that really a question? What would he do? <laughs> what, what do you think he would do to get another ring? Okay, I've heard him say this before. So this is like groundbreaking stuff. He used to sell, it, you know, say it at banquets, and this was back in like 2007, 2009. I mean, we're we're 10, 12 years past this. But he said after they won their first two Super Bowls, he's like, I sold my soul to get the third one. He's like, I'm trying to figure out if there's anything I have left that the devil wants that I can sell to him. 
He's like, or if I can sell my soul one more time, because that, that, that's that's how bad this guy wants it. I mean, he he wants to win more than anything. He wants to entertain and promote. And he's around practice all the time. Like, let's not let's not get it twisted. Like Jerry Jones is there three or four days a week, like on the practice field, walking the facility. He's probably in the building. Hey, I, is I he jumping in though, Bob? Like, did, would he jump in? Like, would you ever see him jump in during a practice? Oh. Like, hey, man, you got you guys need to run this. Don't run that. Guy. No. <laughs> No, Jerry's out there. He looks good, dude. He's got like designer jeans on, like a little button down. He, he's Probably looking good, right? Is he, does he bring oh. people around? I'm guessing. Yeah, coach. I mean, it's, it's all part of the show. I mean, they don't have boosters, but they have sponsors. They're bringing all those guys through, shaking hands after practice. And so, I, I never really viewed it as a distraction. He was never involved, but he would like to talk to the team. And I didn't really get a full appreciation of that in my rookie year because Parcells wasn't having any of that. But after Bill left and Wade was there. You would see him kind of like creep in the post game meeting sometimes, like post game locker room. Wade would talk, and then Jerry would be like, right, "I got you, Wade." And then he'd slide in, <laughs> and you have have a couple of things that he'd want to say. Not that it was anything contradictory or bad, but I'm like, I wonder how many owners like talk to their players, you know, post game. Probably not many, but like he was a former player, so I kind of get it. Well, Jerry also is the only only owner to hold a media scrum in the locker room after the game, too. It seems like does he do that every game where? He stands in the locker room, basically where the players are, and speaks. Hey, he has his own radio show during the week. Like he was on, does a weekly radio hit, like a player. He does the post game press. Like he, he's the only owner because you couldn't do this today, where you can come in and you're like owner operator, like not just president, but he's general manager. Could you imagine if when Shad Khan bought the Jags, like, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna run this thing too. You know, like. Well, you've never been a GM. Yeah, don't worry about it. I, I own the team, so I can I can make do whatever I want. I can make myself head coach and starting quarterback if I want to. Like that, that's such a foreign thought. Now we have all these you know billionaires buying the teams that they would ever think about instituting themselves as a GM. And you know Jerry did that. Now he surrounded himself with good people. But yeah, I mean, he has all those pressers and everything. He he understands how to market his team better than anyone. And when you think of the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you're thinking Michael Irvin. And you're thinking you know, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith. I mean, you can go way back, Randy White, Staubach. Like, in that selection set in your mind, Jerry Jones pops in there, too, when you identify with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, I got one more before Connor has a good one for you. It, it got me thinking. Uh, last, was I believe this was last year or whenever this happened, your old teammate, Mark Colombo, did he get in a full-blown fist fight with his head coach in, in New York with the Giants? And then he, he ended up getting moved. They moved on from him and replaced him. And there was the talk of an alter, altercation between Colombo and Joe Judge. Do you know anything about this? Um, I, I don't know if that happened with Joe Judge. I know Joe, I, he was in New England. He was our special teams coach, assistant special teams coach. What's, he's a principal like? guy. Joe's a great guy. He, he's very level-headed, um, very smart football coach, understands the game really well. It's not like super animated or anything. You, you would honestly like him as a position coach. He talks to you a lot, but – you know, I think that he probably said this is the way it's going to be, and I think you had Jason Garrett there as the OC, and there's probably just a rub. And Mark is a Boston dude, all right. I mean, Mark probably his dream would have been an extra to be an extra in Goodwill Hunting and be in that scene where they're beating up the dudes on the basketball court, and Mark would have just actually oh, yeah. wanted to give him the hammer fist for real right there on the ground. Like that's just what he is. I mean, and he loves it and he embraces it. So if you challenge him, it's not just a challenge in profession; like, it's a challenge personally. I've watched that's what made him a great player, but I don't I can't substantiate whether that happens. But if you told me asked me to say, does Mark Colombo have it in him to fight his boss? One hundred percent I believe that he does. <laughs>
Hey, speaking of Boston, Connor, what, what do you have? Yeah, General, uh, back to Mac Jones with, you know, the play is one thing and all that, and I think you're very right and square about Cam Newton. Belichick has been talking about him in glowing fashion. But when you hear stuff like, as a rookie quarterback, him talking shit to, like, Matthew Judon and starters on the defense, does that kind of give you a different sense of, like, oh, he actually has a pretty good grip on what this team is and his confidence is at a different level? Like, were you, were you with any teams where... Where, whether it was a rookie on the defense or offense, they were very openly talking shit to starters and established guys? Very rarely do quarterbacks get in a situation where they're doing that. You can have have uh, you know rookie players, positional players do it because they're going to be out there actually hitting guys. Like When you wear a black jersey, that's like being the kid on the playground that's bubble boy. Like Everybody knows if you hit him, he's running and telling mom. Like, you're not allowed to touch the quarterbacks. So you're talking all this trash. And, dude, there's nothing that we can really do to you. And so I think that he must be very confident in his abilities. He must be playing pretty well. And New England, man, and they are competitive practices. Bill loves to ratchet that stuff up and go back and forth. I mean, you have Gerard Mayo and, and Tom talking trash back to each other, like during plays, making checks. You know, Tom would throw a pick, and he'd start yelling, like, Wesley, like it was for not cutting around or doing whatever. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> And so, like, that's what he likes to create there. So it doesn't surprise me. But Mac must be insanely comfortable in that, that uh, dad bod to feel like he can actually go out there and talk trash to a dude like Matthew Judon. Ty Schmidt, what do you have? General, with how close you are to Ohio State still, like, you know, you've been there at the, the pro day. You're kind of our, our boots-on-the-ground guy up there. Have you considered getting into coaching, like, at whether it be at the college level or, like, I don't know if you had any aspirations to go coach in the NFL. Is that ever something that you've considered or you've been interested in? Then you guys would be making fun of me, like you make fun of Dan Campbell, man. Like, no. that's, that's probably the type of coach I would end up being. Like, <laughs> a Mike Vrabel, Dan Ciciliano. Campbell. You know, so, so, I, Come on. you know, like – I mean, I'd probably, I don't smoke, but I'd probably take up smoking. I'd drink way too much coffee. You know, I do like the fact that I can come back to my house and live here and I'm not dependent. The biggest thing with coach, I never really wanted to travel all over the place. So if you could tell me, like, I could be a position coach at Ohio State for a guy like Ryan Day, like, I would sign up for that. But coaching in the NFL, these guys get a three-year, four-year life expectancy there. I mean, then they're out. And, you know, Bill Belichick, he's an anomaly. Like, that stuff never happens. I got one more before we, I know Diggs has something for you, but so both of Belichick's sons are on the staff in New England right now, right? Yep, Brian yeah. and Steve. Yeah. What, Steve, you, we like to call like, him Stevie. Stevie, by the way. Hell yeah. Okay, Steve. So they there's always like this mystery about who's calling the defense on game day and all this stuff, and they both stay way under the radar. But do you think they're eventually going to take the helm for Dad? One of them will. I don't know about taking a head coaching job. Um, I mean, I mean like, I think, hey, what about six years from now? I mean, is this going to be like a Game of Thrones? They're going to battle it out with, uh, um, with Josh McDaniels, you know, and like, you know, shank him, like Caesar style, like just stab him in the back. And right there, I, I, I don't think one of them will take the head job. I, I think Bill wanted to get him into coaching, and, you know, they've done that. I, I don't, I'm not certain on this, but I think Gerard Mayo is calling the defenses. And I know Stevie might help and play into that, but I couldn't see. First of all, I don't know if you can have a mullet. And be a head coach in the NFL. Whoa! Like, yeah. I just and that, listen. I'm all about you know like equal opportunity for everybody. But if there's like a subsection of society that gets discriminated against a lot now, it's people with mullets. And so I don't think they're going to allow somebody to walk up to a presser who's got a mullet as sweet as Stevie B's. <laughs> Diggs, what's up, man? What do you have, General? Um, 
Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater was just named the starter for the Denver Broncos over Drew Locke. You guys being defensive guys, like, is Teddy the quarterback there that scares you the most because, like, he's going to make the right decisions and probably do the right thing with the ball? Or is it Drew who may make a mistake every once in a while, but he's got an arm where he can make every throw on the field? Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's it's two sides of the coin right there. Like, I say Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I joke around. Like, he, to me, he's like the, the black Andy Dalton. They're very similar. They don't have the highest ceiling in the world, but they have a pretty pretty high floor. So you can win with those guys. If you look at that Bronco, Bronco offense, they have tons of talent. And so what it tells me is that Drew Locke has made a ton of mistakes because they drafted him there in the second round. They wanted him to be the guy. He can put the ball in just about anywhere. But I've also watched him make some throws. You're like, my goodness. And so you start thinking, and like, well, what do we need to win? And do we need a guy who's going to go out there and try to be so reckless with the football that it's going to eventually cost us games? I, I think that that's probably ultimately what happened in Denver is they, you, you coaches get sick of like, gosh, man, like that throw was great, but the next two throws, like you didn't have to do that. Just throw the check down and we'll get off the field instead of trying to gun it in one more time. Hey, what about uh, you've seen Justin Fields – more than any of us, for sure. You, I know you've when you've been in the facility, you know pre-COVID. Yeah. I think you're back in Locker there now. Room, but shower, weight room, everywhere. There you go. Whoa. So you know, you know, like how this guy is. What what are the Bears getting whenever he does get thrust into the lineup? Like what what are they getting with Justin Fields? And is he going to be their franchise guy for 15 years? I, I would hope so. I mean, you look at him. We can watch him run the ball. You know, he's obviously an athlete. And it's it's what's amazing is like the narrative that was painted around him during the com- during the combine where. I mean, they basically made him out to be like a dude that could barely read and write who was like a last-in, first-out guy, which is anything but. Like, you'd love him, AJ. Like, you, you see the dude in person? Like, girthy dude. Thick legs, strong. First day I saw him, he's in there rolling, 315 under the squat rack, pounding out for 10. I'm like, this guy, like, you got a chance. Like, this dude, he's a dude, all right? Like, he's more than just a guy that wants to sit back there and throw seven on seven. And he works hard. He's smart. You can see him get through his progressions. They're talent deficient right now in Chicago from an offensive standpoint. Like oh. they need to beef up their offensive line. Tariq Cohen, like they need him back in the worst way. I like Andy Dalton. You know, he, he's a, a safe choice, but ultimately, man, I think Justin is going to be the first, you know, successfully drafted a Bears quarterback in, you know, forty or fifty years. Like he, he has everything that it takes. The only thing that could derail him, I think, is if he has like eight coaches in nine years, which is what could ultimately happen. Hey, last thing from, from me, Bob. What about the Browns? We don't talk about them a whole lot on here, I guess. Obviously, on paper, these guys are loaded. And, and Baker Mayfield, a lot of it is on his shoulders. What do you think uh, What do you think their future holds? And are people's expectations too high for the Browns? Hey, before we get to you got any cereal boxes back there, by the way? <laughs> I got a free guy. That's my safe word, right? <laughs> it is. Well, oh, it no. is that. I mean, I was hoping you were doing any. this live live from the bedroom so you could see that little tripod on the corner there. You know, checking that thing out, the, the El Hawk collection. But you know, back back oh, yeah. to the Browns, what they're able to bring to they're loaded, man. I mean, it's they've got everything you want. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like your toy box in the bedroom. It's got everything you want, all all of the accessories, all of the bells and whistles. I mean, they've got the the weapons down the field. They've got the bulky offensive line. They can pound it up in there when you really need it to. I mean, they're going to check every single box. It's a matter of, like, their young secondary. How are they going to play? They play well on the back end, uh, on the defensive side of the football. I'm not going to sit here and put my my life savings on them beating the Chiefs in the playoffs, but I'd say they're as well-equipped as anybody in the NFL to challenge them. 
They are. Hey, Bob, I appreciate you coming back on, man. It was great seeing you today, this morning, at school drop-off, first day of kindergarten for our youngest. Uh, you were out there, I mentioned to the boys, in your full Ohio State coaching garb. So, I, I mean, I thought you may have joined the staff when I saw you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, AJ, it's kind of, it always reminded me, you know, because we've known each other now for, heck, almost 20 years. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting. You know, you're taking your kids to games together, going to the barbecues, and then drive around and beating dudes up in – in parking lots and on pickup basketball courts like that's kind of what i envisioned the rest of our day being and then you drop this crap on me that you know pats out you know with the covid or some other venereal disease and now i'm gonna be in here filling in with him ladies and gentlemen general Pat, bob carpenter thank you all right that's the show thank you for watching or listening we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Hopefully, Pat is feeling better tomorrow and he's back in studio. We are so close to NFL football. You can taste it. Have the greatest Wednesday of all time. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.